Good evening. <laughs> it's time for Tipsy Tuesday. Oh, how's everybody doing tonight? I'm a little bit late. Uh, I was talking to the supporters on the other side, um, doing a thing over there, um, playing some cello. I gotta get my glass of bourbon. I'm gonna be honest, I've already started drinking. I got cross eyes over here. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Is this not the most beautiful face you've ever seen? Look at her. Look at her face. <laughs> Look at her face. I don't care what she wants, but I'll give it to her. Look at her. Look at her face. What are you doing? What are you doing? She goes, I, I take that out of your mouth. Um, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Tipsy Tuesday. We're sitting in front of the fire tonight. It's not really hot enough for a cold enough for a fire, but I put it on to give some ambiance, and I most likely will be sweating right here in about five minutes. It's been forever, you guys. Good evening. Mr. Cello performance, Ginger. I made a number of cats cry all over the country. So, tonight, let me get my bourbon. It's like four feet over there, hold on. Kim, happy 50th, welcome to the club. You're very cool. No, Chloe. Um, I decided I was supposed to go with uh, BNC tonight. We were supposed to go to this thing and she had bought these tickets and we we're supposed to go. And then she was like, we're not going to go. I have to go two-step dancing tonight. And I was like, I don't really know what you're talking about. So we ended up just going to get some pho. I don't know if you guys have eaten pho, but it's super yummy. Uh, it's Vietnamese food. It's, it looks like it's pho, but it's pho. Could you move? Uh, so we had some pho and then I came home. And I thought I'd be doing something, but instead I was doing nothing. So I decided to get the cello out. Terry, it wasn't good. You didn't miss anything? Oh, she had a baby with a big head. Um, so, um, so anyway, so I decided to play the cello. And um, some people watched that. And it was horrible. And a number of cats may have died while I performed a cello piece. Um... So it was, it wasn't good. Stop licking the ottoman. Um, so it's just myself and three dogs. Best neighbor Chris is going to come over later for drinks. Um, but it's pretty low key. I love Fa, said Melanie. Um, yeah, I did confuse a lot of people. I'm doing laundry and prep for Rockford. Make sure your laundry's not, my laundry's not. I was able to get a massage. Look how relaxed I am. I still, um, it's fa with an, an A, not fo. A lot of people think it's, um, so I was able to get a massage today and I'm feeling pretty good about myself as a person. And, um, the dog with white, this is Ruby. And you're basically seeing Ruby in the wild 
because you would never actually see her. She has no idea she's on camera and that there's 700 of you are here. If she, if she knew one of you was here, she would have a heart attack. She is not capable. If I cough too loud, she will have a heart attack. She is not, she has no idea that you can see her. So this is basically like a sighting, like the, on the Discovery Channel. They'll be like, there is a unknown animal called Ruby the Boxer. Very few have seen Ruby the Boxer. Many people have seen Lulu the Boxer. Kobe's right here, he's fine. Fa, exactly. Uh, but Ruby the Boxer will never be seen in daylight hours. And if there's sound of any kind being produced anywhere in the universe, she will run as if she's on fire. <laughs> so, Esther, I had a very nice day today. Uh, I took a number of naps. And by naps, I mean most of the time I just laid down on the bed. Just not moving. Mm -hmm. Because I just feel like my body uh, needs to just be in one spot. And very rarely does that happen. And Ruby's, she is adorable, Lauren, but she's funny because she got eyes that go like this, just at any given time, just, just, <laughs> just, she looks high, she looks scared out of her mind. The electrician came today and he wasn't anywhere near, she was like in the bedroom, but we were in the hallway discussing things and you could just see her ear shaking, like she just can't, she can't even look at people. If the BNC is here, she knows she can feel her in the house. And Chris knows now, like, don't move. She will see that as a sign of aggression. You breathing is essentially a sign of aggression. So it's very entertaining. She's a delicate flower is what she is. As she steps all over my computer, always concerned. Uh-huh. I'm her emotional support human. Could you move? Could you move? You have to move. Uh-huh. How do you try to put that eyeliner on your dog every day? <laughs> she does have amazing makeup lines. Gorgeous. You'll never see them. There it is. Yeah. I I sometimes I was sleeping, but most of the time I was just laying. Because my body was just like, girl, you need to sit still. And now there's Lulu. Very different face. I don't know if you can tell, but this one would eat you. Can you tell? Just from the side view. She's like, do you want me to eat your face? Uh-huh. No, and here comes the poop eater. Okay. All right. I'm going to need the poop eater to step out of the shop. Okay. All right. Anyway, okay, all right, a little too close. Maybe everybody can back it up. Everybody go lay down. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Just say, don't, don't look at me. They're all nuts. How many noses can you fit into one shot? That's what's happening. And there it goes. All right, so one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight 
puerta. Wendy sent it to me and I don't see it. Uh-oh. I can hear the poop eater's belly. Oh, here it is. All right. Okay, all right, all right, I'm ready. I didn't read it, but um, we're gonna do it. Okay, so, um, every year, we talked about this last year, but it happens every year. And you probably don't know that it happens, but it's literally one of my favorite things. I didn't get a chance to read it because I'm not that organized as a person. Could you move maybe this way? Okay, she's on guard. Um, so every year, you may know, Okay, Lou, I'm just going to move this camera just a little bit so you less of your face. Okay. She's like, what? Um, you can sense it, Claire. She's like, I don't know why you would move the camera when my face was being featured. Mm-hmm. Anyway, every year, the Nobel, pre uh, the Nobel Prizes are given out, right? So there's the Peace Prize. There's contributions to science, humanitarians, all kinds of stuff. But I don't know if you know it, but there's also something they call the IG Awards. I don't know what it stands for. I just know that I found them last year. And these are prizes that come with, I think, money um, that are given out for other forms of scientific discoveries um, that barely contribute. <laughs> They contribute in, but like significantly, but in a very insignificant portion of society. Let me explain. Now, I've not read this article, so it's news to me, but I'll tell you last year. One of the things that I found so interesting was that last year in the IG Awards, they had studied the best ways to move rhinoceri from one place to another. And I'm not moving, like, from here to there. I'm saying, like, we need to move this rhinoceroses from this part of the region to all the way on the other side. You're like, Dina, why, why would it be so hard to move a rhinoceros? Well, for some reason, we have to knock them out, okay? You have to knock them out, and then you have to move them, and they move them via helicopter. Now, stay with me. In the past, when we've moved rhinoceri, we have knocked them out, laid them on a flat piece of something, okay? And then the, we back in the bushes. And then the helicopter moves the rhinoceros on a flat piece, passed out, okay? For some reason, they've been monitoring the heart rate. You remember this from last year? When it, I thought it was so interesting. They monitored the heart rate and they were like, the rhinoceros' heart rate goes down too much. You can't have it. They did a big study. And by big, six rhinoceros. I don't know. How big could it have gotten? Okay. Yeah. Turns out they moved the rhinoceroses enough that they found out that knocking them out, turning them completely over, and then grabbing them by their feet and moving them upside down kept their heart rates at every time I'm live. So, this is the kind of awards 
that they give out at the IG Nobel Prize Awards. Now, this was September 15th, and I saw it come through, and I just didn't have a chance uh, to ignoble. Oh, not as, as in not noble. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So, um... Okay, wait, hold on. I gotta. Here's the gaggle. Winners. Okay, here we go. I forgot it's Tuesday, said Brooke Blizzard. Okay, here we go. Go. Here we go. Oh, Brooke says hi, everybody. All right, here we go. This is the award for applied cardiology, it's the cardiology, tell them that you smell bad. Okay, now you're just being ridiculous. (laughs) Okay, there's a bunch of people, they named the people, Mariska, Daniel, somebody, somebody say, for seeking to find evidence that when new romantic partners meet for the first time and feel attracted to each other, their heart rates synchronize. did. They figured it out. Humans are social animals. The ability to attract and connect with each other, often through brief interactions, additional physical features. Um, They studied people who in real life dating interactions outside the laboratory, the participants wore eye tracking glasses with embedded cameras and devices to measure physiological signals, including heart rate and skin conductance. We found that signals such as smiles, laughters, eye gaze, or the mimicry of those signals were not significantly associated with attraction. Instead, attraction was predicted by synchrony of heart rate and skin conductance between partners, which are covert, unconscious, and difficult to regulate. So they're saying, you're on a date, There's no way for you to regulate or purposely say, I'm going to make my heart rates lower. You can't. And they found, yeah, goes on a date, brings a stethoscope. I'm going to need you to breathe. Our findings suggest that interacting partners' attraction increases and decreases as their subconscious arousal levels rise and fall in synchrony. Boom. I think Tanya said it best. So if you're going on a date, Bring your stethoscope and maybe a blood pressure cuff. It's not weird at all. Tell them it's science. Let's go to the next one. Literature. Literature prize for Edward, Francis, and Eric for analyzing what makes legal documents unnecessarily difficult to understand. I'm in. What does it say? It says... Despite ever-increasing presence in everyday life, contracts remain notoriously inaccessible to lay people. Why? It revealed that contracts contained startlingly high proportions of certain difficult-to-process features, including low-frequency jargon, Saturn, blah, 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 blah. I can't even read the article. <laughs> Let's just say it was good, and they learned stuff. And that's as far as we're going to take that particular award because I don't understand it. Next one. (laughs) Okay, you guys already went good. I'm so glad I didn't read these before. Here we go. Ready? 
Solimary, and Glauco. They got the award for biology. Stay with me on this one. For studying whether or how constipation affects the mating prospects of scorpions. Now listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> what is happening so deaf? Okay. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that could be studied. All the big words, Felicia. I was out. I don't even understand what the article was saying. Short and long-term effects of extreme case autonomy. Does tail loss and subsequent constipation decrease the locomotive performance of male and female scorpions? Let's get into it. Individuals voluntarily detach a body part as a form to increase their chances of escaping predation. Predation. There's a lot of big words in this that I wasn't expecting, you guys. And I'm already inebriated. Scorpions autonomize the tail, which in fact corresponds to the last abdominal segment. After autonomy, individuals lose nearly 20% of their body mass in the last portion of the digestive tract, including the anus, which prevents defecation and leads to constipation because regeneration does not occur. Here, we investigated the short and long-term effects of tail loss and locomotion performance. Negative passages of not on females. Conclusion, tail loss has no immediate effect. I lost my spot. On perform, no, let's start again. Okay, hold on. Tail loss has no immediate effect on the locomotor performance of scorpions. And I think that's what we were all wondering. There you have it. Question answered. Thus, the prolonged period between autonomy and death by constipation is crucial for understanding the evolution of one of the most extreme cases of autonomy in nature. Now, let me read that again, because I'd like for you to use this at work tomorrow. The prolonged period between autonomy and death by constipation. Now, I'm going to tell you something. None of you, none of you expected to hear the words death by constipation when you signed on to this show. But it's on the table, just so you know. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> Shut up. I don't know why I'm not on the board. Here we go. This is a medicine prize. There's a lot of people that did the study. Marcine, Martina, Anna, Mike, Macau, probably Michael, Camilla, somebody with a lot of letters, another person with a lot of letters, and somebody with a lot of G's and Z's, and Amelia. I like to read these exactly the way that they were meant to be read, so please stay with me. For showing that when patients undergo some form of toxic chemotherapy, they suffer fewer harmful side effects when ice cream replaces one traditional component of the procedure. Let's deep dive, here we go. You heard it right, ice cream replaces a crucial component. Let's move forward. Ice cream used as cryptotherapy during high dose melophilin conditioning reduces oral mucosis after autologous hemophysis stem cell transplantation. 
And I think that's what we all were wondering. Let's get into it. A preventative strategy in a lot of these high-dose chemotherapies is cryotherapy. They analyzed 74 patients and there is a correlation between ice cream and something else. Stay with me. Out of the 74 patients receiving conditioning chemotherapy with high doses of melphoflamblin, 52 received cryotherapy. 15 patients in the cryotherapy group developed OM. I guess that's bad. 13 patients developed in the group without cryotherapy. Blah, blah, blah. We have, so thus, cryotherapy in the form of ice cream. Write this down. Because I want you to, when you have your next surgery, I want you to know this came, ice cream can lower your rate of oral mucosis, therefore potentially be used as a cost-effective, less burdensome, and easy-to-implement method of prevention of OR. You're welcome. Lauren, I did say ice cream. So next time that you're having a major surgery and you're like, I would like to know when we're going to start supplementing with ice cream. Okay? This is important. <laughs> you guys, I'm telling you, these are my favorite awards. Are you ready? Here's the next one. This is the engineering prize. This is a lot of thinking. Too many letters for bourbon but I think we should move on. The engineering award goes to Japan for trying to discover the most efficient way for people to use their fingers when turning a knob. This is a Nobel Prize. Let's get into it. What? My mind is spinning. I want you to know, these are real scientists. These are real scientists that got together. Did they write this in Japanese? How am I going to read it? The whole thing is in Japanese. How am I going to read it? Apparently, you must use all your fingers. I have no other information. It says how to use your fingers during rotary control of columnar knobs. I don't listen, and I have no further information because it's written in Japanese. All I can tell you is use all of them. That's all I got. This is so crazy. Okay, this is a good one. I did read this. All right. This is a physics prize from China, the UK, Turkey, and the USA. It was awarded jointly. They tried to understand how ducklings managed to swim in formation. Now, this is something that all of us have seen little ducklings. Mm-hmm. So how is it that they're managing to swim in formation? Let's go deeper. I know we're not. There's nothing deeper. Oh, no, there is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a lot. I'm going to try to narrow this down. Nope, it's got so many pages. I really, I think the whole dissertation is here on animal swimming. Let's go to the end. 
Boom, 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 boom. Oh my gosh. You know what? They just know. What's the answer? It's it it's too much for me. And then the answer is they know. What? Okay. This is the peace prize. It says, this one went to China, Hungary, Canada, the Netherlands, UK, Italy, Australia, Switzerland, and the United States. They all won the prize together. They had a group project. Here we go. Mm-hmm. All these people developed an algorithm to help gossipers decide when to tell the truth and when to lie. Honesty and dishonesty in gossip strategies. Gossiping and sharing information has been identified as an effective solution to problems. I don't think it's very effective. Hold on, let's go to the end. What? There's an algorithm for when you tell the truth and when you lie? Conclusion. A growing body of research has begun to highlight the importance of gossip honesty in promoting and sustaining cooperation. The field is in early stages. We draw on theoretical developments, blah, blah, blah. We show that honesty is determined by the marginal cost-benefit resulting from honest and dishonest gossip. This means nothing. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but there's an algorithm. How would they figure out an algorithm? But this is, I can't. Why success most often goes not to the most talented people, but instead to the luckiest. Oh, I'm going to need to read this. Because don't you always feel like that? You're like, how come nice people never win? It's essentially saying that. I'm lost. I know, listen, I know that we went deep. Last year, these were mostly about rhinoceroses, and it was much more light and entertaining. Uh, this one went deep. I don't know. It says, new light on the fact of assessing merit. All right, basically, there's no way to tell. Guys, last year, an award went for somebody for analyzing the purring, chirping, chatting, twilling, tweedling, murmuring, meowing, moaning, squeaking, hissing, yelling, howling, growling of cat-human communications. Guys, you can write this. The different types of bacteria that resides in wads of discarded chewing gum on the pavement in various countries. What? I love it. Listen. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think their their goal is to just confuse people and then just start handing out prizes. I'm enamored by it. I have a biology degree, so I'm a bit of a science nerd. Someone's snoring. That's Lulu. I'm a bit of a science nerd. So all of it is up my alley. It says somebody else analyzed the air inside of movie theaters. You lost me. <laughs> a constipated scorpion anus. You're not wrong. They analyzed movie theater air 
to test whether the odors produced by an audience reliable, reliably indicate the level of violence, sex, antisocial behavior, drug use, and bad language in the movie that the audience is watching. What? This is nerddom. Nerddom at its finest, and I'm, I am here for it. Okay, last one, last one, this one. Da, 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 da. <gasps> okay, two more, two more. All right, this is the medicine award from last year for demonstrating that sexual orgasms can be as effective as decongestant medicines at improving nasal breathing. How are you going to test this? How are you going to test this? I'd be like, well, are you congested? I think so. I think I might be a little congested. Have a gentleman in room number two, or you can take NyQuil. <laughs> what? We have NyQuil, or there's a very attractive man in room number two, and we just want to see, you know, uh, just based on bait on on patient, um, you know, um, feedback, whether you think that the NyQuil was better. Or the very attractive man in room number two. Like, well, I mean, I just, I've taken NyQuil. <laughs> Who, can I meet him at least? I mean, I feel like I should meet him. Just hello. Okay. I mean, what's, what? Stephanie, there's going to be a test tomorrow. You pick in door number one, you pick in door number two. Chris is like, yeah, it makes mucus loose. What? <laughs> they won the medicine prize for this. Uh-huh. Let's put it for a grand. <laughs> Shelly was like, I'd like to put in for a, uh, a grant. I'm going to run my own program. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what is happening? Nothing good. Nothing good is what's happening right now. Uh-huh. The next one, this is the Peace Prize from last year. Testing the hypothesis. <laughs> what about an attractive man with nightfall? Listen, now you're talking crazy. That is not a control group. Now this, this science is just out the window. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with room number two. Mm -hmm. So the next one was the Peace Prize from last year. Uh, humans evolved beards to protect themselves from punches in the face. What? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Why wasn't I asked to be in this focus group? I would love to be in this focus group. Guys, it's just mesmerizing. Like, the, just what is this matrix, Ashley? Every year for the, my whole life, you will hear about the Nobel Peace Prizes. Here comes Miss Chris. BNC. Um, and uh, they do the peace prizes, and they're always for like huge contributions to science and humanity. But then there's this, these other prizes, which are called these IG awards. And the IG, stop, stop it. Stop, stop. The IG awards are. Um, are awards given for 
significant contributions, but to like mostly nonsense. Last, stop it. You're being silly. Stop it. You're being silly. Um, last year, it was the awards about uh, rhinoceros. And this year, it's about scorpion constipation and the loss of their anus. Or would you rather take NyQuil or have an orgasm with the man in room number two? I think this is important. I don't know why these were in the subcategories of the Nobel Peace Prizes. Yeah. Um, my Tuesday night finally got interesting. I'm just telling you, I am mesmerized. Oh, here's 2020. Um, for inducing a female Chinese alligator to bellow in an airtight chamber filled with helium. I, like, I don't understand. This was an acoustic prize from 2020. Like, what's a Chinese alligator? Like, I have so many questions. I don't understand what makes an alligator Chinese, but they tested a female Chinese alligator in a helium-enriched airtight chamber and then tested it. And, and there was an award, and that award went to Australia, Sweden, Japan, U.S., and Switzerland. That means that five countries, five scientists in five different countries were like, listen, we have a Chinese alligator. We're thinking of testing it. And at least four other countries were like, I'm in. Let's do this. I don't know how they do it. I told you the most interesting one, and this is the one that got me started. This was from 2020. This was the, psycho, the psychology prize. And in this one, they were able to identify narcissists by examining their eyebrows. This is the one that got me interested in these awards. So in this one, they tested kids on a college campus. There were 100 kids that they tested, and they gave them narcissistic tests of some kind. They were ident able to identify which of the 100 were indeed narcissists. They took pictures of their faces. Then they took these pictures and showed them to groups of people and said, just based on looking at this person's face, are you able to identify which of these people are narcissists? And they found it was not statistically significant. Nobody was able to consistently say, this person is a narcissist. So they were like, all right, well, this was a waste of time. But then they said, let's start, um, let's start narrowing down some of the facial features. So then they covered all of the subject's faces and they only showed the mouth. Still not significant. They could not identify who the narcissists were. They keep going. Then they, then they close up and they just show the nose. Nothing. Then they just show the eyes. And it starts to get more significant. A little bit more, but not anything that's like worthwhile. It didn't prove anything. So then they just show the eyes. No eyebrows. Um, nothing. Then they just show eyebrows. And they found that if given a list of faces, specifically just eyebrows, it was significant that people could absolutely identify who the narcissists were in the group. And this is when we start, I started following it because it was just so crazy. Because like if you're at work and, you, and they said it was people whose eyebrows were very coiffed or like plucked or cared for. It is genuinely interesting, Matthew. Thank you. This is the one that caught my eye. I was like, you're telling me that just a random group of people out of 100 participants, for the most part, can identify who this, the narcissists are based on their eyebrows. And then from then on, I've been watching it every year. So this came out in September, and I've been wanting to look at it um, for 2022. And so I thought this was the best time when we're all slightly drunk to go over it.
And I feel like you guys will be better people now that you know about the constipation of scorpions. So you're welcome. I waxed my eyebrows off in the 90s and now I have to draw them on. I think you're fine. It's so interesting, Alexis. I don't know about, I don't know. I do think it's interesting where it says, if you're meeting somebody for the first time, new romantic partners, the best indicator of whether or not you're gonna, you're attracted to each other is that your heart rate synchronize. Seriously, your eyebrows. So next time you're on a date, bring your stethoscope and just, yeah. Norma, think about the people at your work who you don't really care for. Think about their eyebrows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jocelyn, you're funny. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was tonight. So for those of you that might be in the Colorado area, uh, we made an announcement tonight on the supporter side that we're starting to do something called Dine with Dina. So I'm going to be at a conference um, in uh, November in Colorado, and we're going to do our first Dine with Dina in Denver. And um, and so uh, we don't have the tickets up yet, but uh, if you're in the Colorado area, we'll be putting up some information about it. Um, so it should be exciting. So that's happening. Um, so yeah, that's what I have for tonight. That's as far as I got, uh, Wendy. And it says that this goes back to 1991. So they've been doing these IG. <laughs> yeah. Bring a stethoscope and tweezers. Yeah. Listen, when you're going on dates, there's not a lot you can go off of, but now science has figured out these two things. Uh, you'll know if you're dating a narcissist and you'll know if you're meant to be together um, hold up, back it up. What about scorpions? Well, apparently when scorpions are trying to mate, they will, um, they kept saying they will, they will do something autonomous. And for some reason that means that they will detach themselves from the lower third of their body, which includes their anus, which causes constipation. And then they will experience death by constipation, which is not was not on the table before tonight as an option, but apparently for scorpions it is, and um, it was significant. So uh, Karen's here. Karen, good to see you. Um, so, yeah. Uh-huh. Too deep. I know, Jen. We went real deep tonight for Tipsy Tuesday, but I've been meaning. Um, I've been meaning... My son's going to love his 14th birthday lunch. Why? What is it? Is it a special? How can someone beat scorpions? And I don't know. My first husband was a narcissist, Stacy. Did he pluck his eyebrows? Is it true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, when we... Um, who gets to pick the restaurant? Uh, Wendy does. Pretty much I come up with the ideas, and then I'm pretty much out... Uh, and I just do whatever Wendy says. So Wendy's picking the location. I don't know where it is yet, but, um, we're not meeting at a Dairy Queen. That is not on the table. Um, she was talking about some kind of like maybe bourbon place since we did bourbon in the big house. I don't know how many people, um, were able to go. The date is November 11th. It is a Friday <laughs> and Elvis. Oh, that's funny you say that. Um, Elvis may have done, uh, died by constipation. Um, so November 11th is Veterans Day. So um, I believe it's at one o'clock on Veterans Day. So if you're in 
the Colorado, specifically Denver area or around it, um, you can join us on November 11th. And uh, those details will be up pretty soon. Why can't some men be like scorpions? That's a very odd <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, there is a lot that I unpacked. I feel like this was a lot for Tipsy Tuesday. I feel like the last time we talked about this, it was the morning show. Um, please, for the love, do not pick Lodo. I don't know what that means. Is that a place you don't like? Mm -hmm. What about the eyebrows? You can identify a narcissist by their eyebrows. They'll be overly quaffed um, and plucked. Yeah, let me see if I can find it. It was a very interesting article. Uh, narcissist, yeah. It was very crazy. Uh, conclusions, yep. It says, distinctive eyebrows reveal narcissistic personality to others, providing a basic understanding of the mechanisms through which people can identify narcissistic personality traits with potential application to daily life. Those were a lot of words to say if you're plucking your eyebrows too much. It's probably a narcissist. So I'm just trying to give you a toolbox for when you're at work and you're like, this, this lady is getting on my nerve. Just look at her eyebrows and be like, mm, like that. And if your eyebrows look really good, you might want to start questioning some things. So, um, so yeah. Oh my God, my birthday is the 12th. Happy birthday to me. I didn't get to do the meet and greet for Denver. Uh, I will literally die. Oh, Christy, good. You can come. We were literally only in Denver for eight hours. I'm a little nervous. Um, because of the elevation. Um, we were only there for eight hours. Meredith had a very bad reaction. Um, Nancy's like, then I'm totally not a narcissist. I basically have a unibrow. Um, but uh, the conference, I'll be there for a few days. So hopefully by, hopefully by the 11th, it'll be fine. It's not only for supporters. No, we just announced it to supporters earlier tonight. But it's not only open to supporters. So uh, anybody can go. So once... Um, uh, once we get those, uh, you know, the, the place kind of locked down, um, then we'll be able to, <laughs> then we'll be able to put them on sale and you can join us. So my husband, my ex-husband was a total narcissist. He got the pellets. <gasps> what? That can't be an indicator of being a narcissist because my butt is filled with them. Mm-hmm. Is that like the thinner the eyebrows, like ladies, the crazier the girl? Maybe. I'm just saying. They definitely, um, Joey, Joe, you were there. You almost killed her. It was so crazy. She wasn't, remember we had her sitting in the chair by the time you got up there. Because she wasn't, she didn't look right at all. And then by the time Joey, Joe showed up, she just straight up passed out. And we took her to the back. And But the team at the theater was really lovely. But it's just funny. I guess it takes a couple... No, my eyebrows don't look great. Don't say that. No, no, they're a little janky and they're fine. Just exactly the way they are. Nope, nope. Tons of water and slow, deep breathing upon landing, Christy said, when we get to Denver. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, my plan was, yeah, oh yeah, men can definitely get pellets. In fact, the estrogen pellet is pretty small. Um, the testosterone pellet, it's like a tic-tac, maybe a little bit bigger than a tic-tac. And, um, so I think I got like 
one of each. Uh, but everybody's different. So if you were to get the pellets, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about hormone replacement therapy. I've talked about it before. Um, but men can get it. And um, she had said when men get it, um, they'll get multiple of the testosterone pellets. And they're they're big. I think they're big considering I only got one. I thought it was big. But um, yeah, men can get pellets for sure. Um, water helps. Okay. You have wonderful eyebrows. Mm. Does Sharpie eyebrows count? Maybe. Jody, the what you can do with um, so many great places to eat around Denver. Yeah, I'm staying out of it. Wendy's picking it. So, um, yeah, he got the pellets. Terry, was he crazy? Was he was he crazy before the pellets or the pellet? It's just it's a coincidence. I'm interested because I've never met any men that are on the pellets. I only know women that have taken pellets because I feel like most men wouldn't even think to go get tested. So like the only way you can get pellets is like you can, if you're over 50 and you're, I started talking to my gynecologist because it was having hot flashes all the time. Um, so I think it's easier for women because there are certain symptoms that make it obvious that you're going through menopause, but I don't know that it's so obvious for men other than like a decreased sex drive, obviously. But um, my OBGYN refused to give me pellets, continuing Primarin. Really, Kim? Do you have a history of, um, of breast cancer? Because that would be one reason why they wouldn't. But then why would you be on Primarin? Premarin, it's called Premarin, right? I don't know, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Is my 11th wedding anniversary, Sarah? Well, then I can think of no better place for you to be than at a lunch with us. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about on the supporter side that we're going to do this lunch in Denver on November 11th. And somebody said, oh my gosh, that's the day my sister's getting married. I bet I could make both events. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think you should leave your sister's wedding to come have lunch with the lady you know from the internet. I don't think that's a good idea. Thank you, Melanie, for the stars. Um, so, my husband needs pellets. So, you know, uh, the only way you can become eligible is by doing, um, my dad gets the testosterone pellets. Testosterone levels are affected by radiation. Yeah, that sounds right. I know three of my neighbor's men got them after their wives got them. <gasps> Jennifer, I'd imagine that if, if, listen, when you get pellets and you're getting testosterone, if your testosterone level goes up and you're very interested in sex, I'd imagine that your husband would have to also get testosterone uh, to keep up. Uh, so that's happening. If you have high blood pressure, you can't do pellets. Oh, that kind of makes sense, I guess. There's a lot of things that have to be in balance. That's my son's birthday. Well, I'm sure he'd love to celebrate with a lunch in Denver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, answer, wait, Ann Survivor literally just said, no problem with that here with the hubby. Well, Ann Survivor, that's because you're a cougar and you marry somebody 20 years younger than you. So you're actually perfectly matched. Ann Survivor, the cougar president. She's over here. Oh, my husband doesn't have a problem. Oh, wow. You should have lunch at the wedding. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, you're not wrong. My husband needs pellets. Yeah. Um, that's funny. 
Um, sorry, man, I could have lunch with you. I don't like my sister anyway. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Um, my husband doesn't, he might kill me. Mm, Shelly. Um, last minute trip. Yeah, so, so this morning somebody's like, I can't wait to see you in, in Rockport. No, that's a shoe. Rock, is it Rock? I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know what she said, but I, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea where we're going to be this weekend. And I've kind of checked out mentally because I'm trying to just enjoy my time at home. So feels like a Dr. Ruth segment, right? It's exciting. Um, pellet couples could make the marriage better. Uh, you're not wrong. Cougar time. I know. And survivor. She's, she's hashtag goals. My boyfriend is 10 years younger than me. I'm 41 and he's 31. Guys, listen, the math adds up, right? When it comes to where women peak and where men peak. Mm -hmm. So it's all good. Um, anyway, Rockford, not Rockports, not like the sneakers. Okay, Rockford, I guess that's where I'm going. I should look it up. I'm not quite sure. I, I, I was pretty sure where I was going last weekend, but I don't actually know. So I'm going to Rockford. Today's the 11th. Tomorrow's the 12th. So this is Thursday. <laughs> Deb says, I miss sex. Okay. Uh, so Rockford, Carmel, Indiana, Huntsville, Alabama, Knoxville, Tennessee. That feels like four different states in four days. Okay. That feels like a lot. That, and that's why I didn't look it up. I'm not going to lie. Um, so. Um, my husband is 14 years older than me. Yeah, you might have needed some pellets. My husband is 70 and never been to the doctor? You're joking. Are you serious? How is Rockport is in Texas. Yeah, Premarin is horrible. Maybe get a second opinion. Yeah, I've never heard good things about Premarin. I don't think I want my boyfriend to get the pellets. He and I are both 57. Every time I hear Rockford, I think of the movie A League of Their Own. That's where the Rockford peaches. Yeah, hour for me. But I've been to four shows already. Have you, Don? You might be in the running for the person that's come the most times. Uh, I know Joey Joe has been to three. Did that girl ever get her Taco Bell? No. No, her Uber Eats driver ate it and said it was her birthday. And then I think she got a refund for Uber Eats. My husband's three years younger. Maybe tomorrow, I know. I have some meetings tomorrow. I have to head up to New York and I'm supposed to have dinner with Brooke. So I'm gonna be running up and down the state tomorrow. My husband hasn't been to a doctor in 20 years. What is happening? What is happening? Why are you all saying this? Are you guys serious? Just so you know, A League of Their Own was maybe one of the best movies ever. Shawshank. Sex Drive, what is that? Janine, girl, you gotta get some pellets. You feel, how old are you? You gotta get some pellets. I'm trying to get BNC to do them. She knows that it's on the list. So, and there's a Rockport in Massachusetts. Yeah. 
Oh, all right, so I didn't make it up. Um, the Rockford Files with James Gardner. You're not wrong. My dad made me watch every episode of The Rockford Files, so I'm very familiar with Jim Rockford. Mine is 15 years older than me. Hmm. How many of your husbands have not been to the doctors in like 10 plus years? Because that seems very odd to me. I know everybody says Premarin is bad, but my doctor says it's fine. I feel like it is. Dina, where do you get your energy? Melinda, pellets. Mm-hmm. Um, third row seats. Norma, I'll see you there. Four timer, four shows for me and my cousin Dawn. Really? That's so lovely. Um, best neighbor, Chris. When can you take over the morning drive time on New Jersey 101.5? It's too early for me. Do you remember um, Jim Gerhardt used to do the morning show at New Jersey 101.5? And he's, I mean, literally a legend, like a staple on New Jersey 101.5. Um, I was such a fan. Um, and it was really nice to see Dennis um, the other day. And him and Judy have been working together for 25 years. Like, it's amazing. Um, he feels good every day, so no reason to go to the doctor, he feels. That's so crazy. That's so funny. Mine hasn't been to the doctors in 20 years, and he's never been in the hospital. You guys are crazy. My husband goes to the doctor more than me. He's only nine years older than me. My husband will not go to the doctor for some reason. Wow. Why is it that men have such different ideas about... My, doctor's in the... my husband's in the doctor six times a year. Rod has to go every year for his CDL license. Thank you for saying that, since I know he drives the bus. I missed it. What are pellets? Well, Michelle. Why is Premarin so bad? So the difference between Premarin and the HRT that I'm on is mine is called a bioidentical. So it's basically uh, sweet potatoes, yams, concentrated yams. Um, so it's natural. We're Premarin. Um, it's from horse urine. That's where mare comes from in the middle of that word. Um, and so when my gynecologist brought it up, I, she had said, you might want to think about HRT. And I was like, not really interested. And she said, well, it's not your grandmom's hormone replacement. So I remember, so my grandmom had a, a hysterectomy when she was like 22. She was very young. Um, by the time she was 70, she broke her neck in bed. She just turned her neck and it broke because um, they really didn't have much by way of hormone replacement. Um, so she was born in 1923. So it was probably 1944 when she had her hysterectomy and there just wasn't a lot of great options for hormone replacement. So um, she, I don't think she had much. So by the time she was in her seventies, she had osteoporosis and broke her neck, just turning her neck in bed. Um, and so uh, that during that time and moving forward, it would have been things like Premarin and Premarin was showing to really uh and and so does the hrt like she basically said like if you it's not going to give you breast cancer but if you have breast cancer the estrogen that you're getting it will make it worse it will make those tumors grow faster so there's you should talk to you know whoever your professionals are in your area that can kind of educate you on it um, but you know, my medical history didn't have anything like that. So, um, it was not contraindicated. Um, so 
Third round of pellets scheduled for Monday. I know I have to go do my blood work because I'll be on my third round soon. So it's just been very interesting. I have talked about it because I, um, I didn't know anybody that had done it before me and had kind of done my research. And I suggest everybody does their own research. And, you know, the, the cocktail that I get will be different than what you get. And it's really based on those, the blood work that you do and, you know, what your body needs. Um, but I know that for me, um, I'm also, I'm already in osteopenia, which is right before osteoporosis. And I'm pretty young for that, but I also have some other things going on. So, um, and I can't take calcium because of my kidney stones. So HRT has been really great for me. Um, my mom took Premer and she did okay with it. Yeah. I think everybody's, um, you know, pretty individual, but you know, do your work, but um, but it's funny if I've talked to a hundred people about it, I would say 90 of them have no idea what I'm talking about. And the 10 that do, um, they just rave about it. So, you know, I think it's a personal choice, but I do think it's worth talking about and just kind of talking to your gynecologist. Um, yeah. And just kind of learning what your options are. Um, because I was probably having like seven hot flashes a day. Um, do you notice a difference? Yeah, for sure. So within a week of taking the pellets, the, all of my hot flashes stopped. And I do have more energy and all of that. So it's a good thing. Um, so anyway, so it's 10 o'clock, everybody. Um, thanks for joining me uh, for this edition of Tipsy Tuesday. Um, hopefully we'll have some information on the Dine with Dinas pretty soon. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Um, Diane, good. I'm glad. And narcissistic eyebrows. I mean, it's pretty much, yeah. And scorpion anuses. That's what we're here for, to educate you. So you're welcome. Um, so what a weird night. Um, so thanks for watching, everybody. And I will see you tomorrow morning. And then Thursday morning, uh, it might be pretty fluid since we'll, I'll be traveling that day. And we have that show in Rockford. Illinois that night. So I'm traveling on a show day, which I try not to do, but, um, Barb, you're very lucky. Susie, you're also very, I never went through menopause. What are you an animal? What's happening? How do you never go through it? I'm so jealous when people say that. I'm also jealous when people say like pregnancy was the best time. I felt great when I was pregnant. I'm like, oh, I felt awful. Um, oh, the science talk is my favorite Renee. So um, all right, everybody, we'll have a good night. Uh, we'll have updates on the Dine with Dina and other things coming up. Um, Esther, very even, very even. I'm a fan. So, um, yeah, talk with your gynecologist. Um, look up. Um, my hormone replacement uh, team is associated with a hospital, um, so it made me feel a little bit better. I would just do your research and find some place that you feel comfortable with and go and talk to them. Um, and hopefully you'll have some good outcomes. So, um, so that's it, everybody have a good night and I'll see you tomorrow morning on one Friday morning. Have a good one. I'll see you. Bye.